There is a hallelujah in every one of us waiting to come out. There is a heart cry of God in you, grab a seat, waiting to erupt in you. You may not even realize it, but it's sitting there. It's sitting, waiting to be activated by the Spirit of God. That out of your innermost being comes a cry, comes a shout. I love that song. I love what it's declaring. I raise a hallelujah. Even in the chaos of life, I'm not going to let life get in the way of life. Did you hear me? I'm not going to let life get in the way of life. You've got to fight. The world, the culture of the world is aggressive, is it not? It is after you and me. We have an adversary who is aggressive, is he not? The Bible says he prowls around like a lion. He's not a lion. Jesus is the lion. So he prowls around like one. It's all an illusion. He looks scary, but he's got no power. But he prowls around like a lion, but we worship the lion of Judah. So he's always trying to imitate Christ. He's a copy of the original. He's not the original. But he will come and he will lie to you. But he's aggressive. He's very aggressive in his way. Just like the flesh, just like the world, they are all three anti-you. They are not in your team. It's one against three. But in your team (laughs) is the one who is three. So the numbers are even. Thank you, Danny. Grab a mic and come up and preach. The one in your team is greater than. I was never that good at math, but I knew the greater than sign. That five is greater than four. (laughs) He's greater than, more than. And he's in you. And he's in our team. He's the captain of our team. And we all have a role to play in the team. It's not sitting on the stands cheering. They're already taking those seats. They're in heaven already cheering us on. There's no room in those seats. They're waiting. They're saying, come on, get out of the seat if you're in a seat and get in the game. Because you were chosen to be in this game with the captain of the team. He's a great captain, man. Never leaves you. He never forsakes you, never lets you down, covers you when you don't quite make your position on time. (laughs) All at once, when the team never shows up, he's there. He said, there's more in me. But, but, chosen you and called you to be in the team. Bible says that love hopes all things. Love has high hopes. Do you have high hopes for Him and you? How high is your hope today? Which means, how high is your love? Because love hopes all things. Love has high, can you say that with me? God has high hopes for His church, not low hope. Not scraping in hope, just managed to get here, Lord. No, love has high hopes that we would realize who we've all been called to be as a church, as a body, as individuals who are predestined in the knowledge to have the knowledge of God and then to release the fragrance of heaven everywhere we go and do everything we do unto the Lord. Love has high hopes you and I. Hence, He came to raise us up. You see, He had to come down to the low to then raise us up, because we couldn't get up without Him, because we were anchored to this earth, anchored to it, bolted to it, and chains to it. That's why it's so aggressive, and it wants to swallow you up. You see, there's no room, guys, for passive Christianity, 
That's called lukewarm. It's a state that you're warm enough not to do anything about. It's why it's the most destructive state. Because when you're cold, you know you're cold, you go put a jersey on. When you're hot, you take clothes off. But when you're lukewarm, you're just in this nice comfort place. And you can stay in this place because you are lukewarm. But that's not the place of followers of Jesus, is it? Why? Because love hopes all things. And love has high hopes that we would fully come into every promise that has been predestined in Him for us. <laughs> you can't find that life in another person. You can't find that life in a, in a degree. You can't find that life in a job. None of those things are wrong because they all come from Him. But when they become the thing that we're looking for life in, then they become wrong. Because they don't have this life that only Jesus offers. That's why Jesus says, seek first somebody. And then He also says, because the Father seeks first somebody. So when true worshipers worship in spirit and truth, because they're seeking first the one of truth and of spirit, then they meet this person called Jesus because the Bible says God seeks those who worship in spirit and truth. So the Father's seeking something first. It's called worshipers who seek Him first. So when Jesus turns up on earth, He's looking for worshipers who worship Him first. And when those two people meet, guess what happens? Explosion happens. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Do you want living water? Because I come with it. Now, I know you don't know who I am. So I engage in your world, lady. Because you have zero concept, even though you know one is coming. I carry a hope for you that's all things. And I bring with me all things. All things from my Father's kingdom I bring with me because me and the Father are one and He's entrusted me with His kingdom. Mm. Then He looked at the church and says, guys, you're of my seed. You're of my kind. You are of me because my Father has sent the spirit of sonship, the seed of sonship. If you plant watermelon seeds, what do you get? So if you are planted in Christ, what do you get? Christians, Christians, Christ-like people. Because you are of the same kind of seed that is what? Imperishable. See, the seed is imperishable. What does that mean? It's indestructible. What does that mean? Nothing can take it away. Nothing can rob it. Nothing can come and put its foot on it and squash it. The power in the seed is Christ. So if He is the creator of it all, do you think you can stop Him? Only if you live from the flesh. Only if you live from you, the culture, the world. So you can choose that over the spirit life. Why? Because you're still thinking there is life in the world the culture, the world, in you. So he wants to turn our heads and say, hey, today listen to this. Love me, I hope, all things for my church, that she would receive all that I have already written and all that I have already spoken. How cool is this? That it is written and spoken and it is being spoken continuously. So, how well are we partaking of what is already written and already spoken? Because hope believes all things. God is hope, is He not? So is our hope believing all things in God, love? Or is it in other things? I hope it's in Him. Love believes in the endless possibilities that are in Christ. See, Colossians 
tells me, teaches me that everything is in the sun. Every bit of wisdom, every bit of treasure is contained in a person. So the person comes down. He is full of his reality. He's full of himself. If you want to get full of something, get full of him. If you want to measure yourself by somebody, measure yourself by him. Don't measure it by another person. Measure it by the Christ in the person. Measure it by Christ. But it's not a competition. Don't look at the person beside you and go, if only I was. No, love hopes all things for you. Don't try and be anybody else. Don't try and nick anybody's testimony. Don't wish I had your testimony. Find your own true transformation because you've got one waiting for it to be discovered because love hopes all things. Love hopes you're going to discover the life you were created for. And it never leaves the earth. It's continuously waiting. Love is so patient, waiting for you and I to discover hope. And the one who is hope, because in hope, hope believes all things. And belief and hope are best mates. Last week, we looked at love believes all things. Well, this week, love hopes all things. You see, they're best buddies, and they work side by side in tandem with one another. And they're very similar, but they're still a little bit different. And yet they come back to this position of one. I just want to read you 1 John 2. This is phenomenal. Listen to this, 1 John 2 verse 5. But whoever keeps his word in him. So whoever keeps his word, Jesus' word, his living word, not just the scriptures, not just the words on a page, but the word of God. Whoever keeps his word in this person, whether male or female, The love of God has truly been perfected. So if you keep His Word continuously, the love of God, which is what? What are the attributes of the love of God? Love is patient. We've been looking at them forever. (laughs) So love is patient. Love is kind. Keep going. Who can tell me that? attributes of love that we've been looking at each week since the beginning of the year. Love is not jealous. Love believes all things, hopes all things. What's that, Danny? Not unbecoming, endures all things. What, Maddie? What? Bears all things. Thank you, sweetheart. That's right, love bears dad. (laughs) Love does not boast. So this love that we're talking about is to be where? In us, so it flows out of us. So if we keep the word Christ, then the substance of love, God's love, is being perfected, this perfect work. He's going to work and he's perfecting us into his image literally his image. We're not many gods, we are Christ-like people. So if you see the church, you see Christ. There is no gap between Christ and his people. So what we say, we are to be. And what we are to be, we are to live. Because that was the example Jesus gave us. What he said he was, he was the living manifestation of the word on the earth. He was the living example of his father, was he not? He was this love. He was the manifestation of this love. And because he was it, he then hopes you and I will become it. Through the keeping, what does it mean to keep his word? You need to ask yourself that question. Ask the Holy Spirit what keeping his word is. Because those that keep his word, the love of God is being perfected within them. So then they actually manifest the seed, Jesus, love. John 12, 26 teaches me that unless Jesus went to the cross, the seed couldn't be scattered. So he went to the cross, he gave his life, what, for the fun of it? No, to get you out of hell, partly, but not all, that you and I would grow as Christ-like trees, that we would become the demonstration of God on this earth. So love hopes that we're going to become it. Isn't that awesome? That He'll never leave you and forsake you. He's going to be so patient while we come to realize 
who we have actually been called to be, not who maybe our parents said we were, not who the world tells us we're called to be, not who we even call us to be, but God calls us to be. And then it says this, for those that keep His Word, by this we know that we are in Him. If love is being perfected in us, it's by this that we know that we are then in Him. So you'd want to know what it means to abide in Christ because to abide in Christ means love is being perfected in you. So then you're able to be the demonstration of God. If we're not able to be the demonstration of God over time because it's a process, then we're not in Christ. We're not abiding in Christ. Christ is in us, but we're not abiding in Christ because the evidence of abiding in Christ is having love perfected in you. So if love is being perfected in you, how many people know that you can't keep love down? You cannot not keep love down if it is in you. Could they keep Jesus down? Who is love? So he rose from the grave because you can't keep love down. You keep manifesting love everywhere you go because why? Because Christ in you, they couldn't keep him down and he's in you being formed in you, you can't keep it down. Do you think this is a position of hot? Do you think this is the Christ-like position? Do you think then you can hope all things for brothers and sisters in Christ? Do you think you're able to model what he said model and be the demonstration of I was because he's left the Holy Spirit to train us and equip us into this life of righteousness? It's amazing. We go to school to learn all these other things and get equipped, but when it comes to Him and His way, we get very casual. We are doing equipping and training here now, and we do it at 5 p.m. It's a different format, but we do it to why? To equip the saints, because this is what we're taught to do. So are you being equipped and trained to live a life of righteousness because that's what he's expecting? Are you actually like you would be trained and equipped to be a plumber, a doctor, a football player, a mother? Are you investing into your life that you are being trained and equipped to live a life of righteousness because that's what he is expecting because that's why he gave his son? This is the challenge. See, we have to be wrestled out of life and into life. There is nothing wrong with these things, but if they consume you and you're so focused on becoming a doctor and not becoming on Christ-like, there's an issue. He's going to say, great, you were the greatest physician on the earth. Well done, but you missed the point. Because you couldn't love, you didn't life, you didn't serve, you didn't lay your life down, you just became a doctor. You incorporated me into your life, but I never became your life. I want to become the very source so you can hope all things. You can be one with me as I hope all things, you hope all things, because we are one. You see, when you become one, it messes you up. It's really hard to figure out how you carry weight without it crushing you. How do you carry this, Lord, to keep it light and easy? Because there is a burden to carry. I want someone to carry a bit of burden with me for my heart, for the world and my church. And when he starts opening your eyes and you start entering into this realm, he actually starts to share things with you. And you have to make sure you are in him and he is in you. Otherwise, the things he shares with you will crush you. Because he hopes all things for you and I. And he wants to see it manifested in you and I. And then he says, right, carry this, that you would hope all things, believe all things, endure all things, bear all things, be patient, be kind, be gentle, do not be jealous, do not act unbecomingly, and do not hold a wrong against you. Why? So you can be Christ-like in a body that is fleshly. Woo! Man, that's called freedom. To be free from the world, free from the flesh, 
free from the adversary? And the answer is in keeping the Word. It's full on, eh? It's not wishful thinking. Hope is not wishful thinking. It's not, I wish it comes true. Hope is an assurance of what you know is coming. See, it's like, it's in the family of faith too. What is it? Faith, hope, and love. These three are the greatest. Sorry, these three, but the greatest is love. We come back to this love thing again, man. You just can't get away from it, can you? You don't want to. You don't want to get away from Jesus, do you? So why do we split them up into pieces? <laughs> Anyone else? Have you learned that lesson yet, not to do it? Yeah, I'm looking for patience. Just give me more patience. No, you need Jesus. <sighs> no, no, I want to be a bit more kinder. No, no, you need Jesus. I want to sit with the Lord. No, you need Jesus. Jesus is the bread of life. Don't multiply them into thousands of pieces. Keep them as one piece of one loaf of bread, but eat all, and it'll give you more. Now let's go to Romans 4. This is a phenomenal passage, and we're pretty much going to sit here and just rip it apart. You like ripping bread? Tearing bread? Especially when it comes out the oven and it's hot and you rip it and you slap butter on it and maybe jam and cream or whatever you like to put on it, some sort of spread and the steam's coming off it and it's like, mmm, smell that, give me some of that. Anyone else? No? Yeah, no? All right. This is what he is. Taste and see. He says, if you don't partake of me, eat and drink of me, you have no life where? In you. See, he wants to be in us. He wants us to live from, not towards. Okay? So even that, hear that in the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants you and I to live from the life in us. So it's not there, it's in coming out. The world is all about there, trying to grab it there, pull it in. Okay, it's a bit like meditation. The world will teach you meditation is to what? Empty your mind. Meditation in Christ is to fill your mind with His Word. Fill your heart and your mind with Him. Can you see the difference? That's how we operate. We have to make sure we're operating under the kingdom way. So it's a filling, not an emptying. It's a living from, not a towards. So the reason why we live towards is because we're not keeping the Word to a measure that we can live from it. Because the more the Word is within us, we live from the rivers of life that are where? In me. If rivers of life were coming towards me, it would sweep me away. <laughs> it's called a tsunami. Get the tsunami in you. You become a tsunami of love, of life, of light. Why? Because the one of love, life, and light reigns where? In you. John 1, 4. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. In Christ is life. That life is the light of men. You are the light of of this world if your eye is single. But if your eye is plural, then you have darkness within you, so you're still saved, but you can't live a life of light. Because how great is the darkness in you? Because you've compromised. You live a life of compromise. You choose Christ and, or the thing and. It's Christ, period, bingo, one. Then everything is found in Christ. Hear the order? Anything less than that, you're living a life of compromise. You can confess Him as your Savior, but then He wants to move you to a disciple of Him. You can have just confessing followers. I believe in God and not disciples. Understand the difference? A disciple wants to be like his master, father, a disciple becomes like Christ. A confessing Christian stays as a confessing Christian who never become 
like Christ because they don't keep the Word. Why? Because their focus is plural. Their eyes are not clear, and so what is in them is darkness, flesh. And they're trying to live from what comes out of you? Darkness, flesh, the manifestation of your flesh, which the Bible is very clear on what those things are, instead of the manifestation of the Spirit. So what fruit do you manifest? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, anger, jealousy, ambition, fornication. Now we're all in process, but we've got to take account of what's coming out of us, from us, because if life comes from us, so does death. And the Bible says you have a powerful thing called the tongue. It's the strongest muscle in the body. Who can contain it? Who can control it? One word can kill somebody. But you don't get salt and fresh water coming out of the same vessel. Do you? Not in the natural, so why does it come out in us? Because we're not keeping something. And it's not necessarily going to work in us Hear me, over time, we come to Christ when we confess we are children. Whether we're 50 or 5, we are a child spiritually in maturity. But the longer we are in Him, and we're moving from confessing to disciple, we are becoming hot, hotter, 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 hotter. Those of you, can I say this, who are older in age, have had the most time to get hot. Look at yourself and say, I'm hot. (sighs) All the men go, still got it. (sighs) In your own head. (laughs) But here's here's the thing, eh? If we're being really honest, the longer we have had the greatest opportunity, we should be the hottest. So when men and women, boys and girls who are just confessing come into the family, there is a whole array of people here who have been 30, 40 years in the Lord waiting to disciple, confessing Christians into disciples of the one they've become. That is what it should be. Is that what it is? It hasn't been my experience. My experience at 29 was confessing follower, Confessing follower, wanna be, where are they? Where are they? Where are all the men? Where are they, Lord? I know nothing. I'm a first generation follower, not raised up. Where are the men who have gone before me? That's what God said to me too. Where are they, son? I don't know. He said, here's the thing. Love hopes all things. Don't bag it, become one. Become what you haven't had for others who are becoming. You see, it's got to start with someone. It's got to start somewhere. See, what we do is we, we, we moan and complain. Well, you're the solution. No, someone else. No, you. No, someone else. No, you. No, 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 no. You, me, are the solution. It sucks. I never had it, but I can live in that. Or I can become the very thing he says I'm to become. And guess what? In all that, have so much life in you that becomes irrelevant. So Romans, are you ready? Romans 4.13. There's a bit to read. For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be heir of the world, not an heir, an heir, <laughs> was not through the law. Come on, yeah. All right, so it wasn't through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise is nullified. You can see why faith is so important. Because the promise is of faith not the law. So we're not keeping the Word. How will we see what is in the Word and have faith? Because faith is the assurance of what it's looking at. See why it's so important to keep the Word, know the Word, partake of the Word, drink of the Word. 
because it's the knowledge of the Word that creates faith. And the promise to the church and to Abraham has come through faith. So it's in the realm of faith. It's in the realm of the unseen. This is where the promise is. In the unseen, not in the seen, in the unseen. If we are looking at the seen realm, we're never going to see the promise in the unseen. We have to see the unseen, which means you have to get your eyes off you and onto the one of the unseen, Jesus. Fix your eyes on the unseen one, but he's fully seen through this thing called faith, which is not I try to whip something up to get by, it's something I receive to live from. Whoa, thank you, Lord. For the law brings about wrath, but where there is no law, there is also no violation. For this reason, it is by faith, in order that it may be in accordance with grace, which is the power of God, so that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants. Do you think that's you? Yeah. So the promise is to all of us. Uh-huh. Uh, not only to those who are of the law. So the promise was for the Gentile and the Jew. The Jew of the Spirit, because the promise is of spirit, not of the flesh. What we're going to look at, who is the promise? Yeah, but in this context, who's the promise? Isaac. And who was going to come through the seed of Isaac? Everyone of the Spirit. So the promise is for every single person who is in the Spirit. Jews who are coming into the Spirit are of the same promise. Jew, Gentile, male, female, we are called one people of spirit. For we were all called before the foundation of the earth to be a people of the spirit of the order of who? Melchizedek, who his lineage has no genealogy of bloodline. So God is freeing us from the earth, the physical, every physical family member, everything that's physical, and attaching you to himself. Woo! And it's a promise. And with that promise comes eternal life now and the future. I'm just seeing what's there. Can you see it? Cool. Okay. Where am I up to? Uh, So that the promise will be guaranteed. Guaranteed. If you're guaranteed of something, what does that mean? (laughs) sure as heck going to happen. Amen, Tess. To all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Are you of faith? Is your father Abraham? So the promise is for us. Hope, love hopes, all things. Here you go. As it is written, a father of many nations have I made you. It's written. Can you adjust the written word? Heaven and earth are going to pass away, but my word will not pass away. You can guarantee your life on this sucker. You can lay your life down on this written. This is one promise. Do you know how many there are? Jesus fulfilled 375 promises. Do you know what the mathematical equation is that? One to the trillion zeros. Told you I wasn't that good at maths. One is a miracle. 375 prophetic prophecies he fulfilled because it was written before he ever turned up. And then he goes, hi, I'm here. (laughs) Hello, nice to meet you, Paul. There's one coming. We've heard about him. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Well, the one who you have a knowledge about stands in front of you today, lady, and he's about to tell you all 
things. Hey lady, do you want the living water? Because the one that you have read about, because it's been written, is now standing right in front of you. The fulfillment of prophecy is manifesting itself on earth. Love is turned up on earth for the appropriate time in God's season. Bang! Now there's a choice that needs to be made. Does she go and get the thing that's holding her heart, that's robbing her of the water, or does she walk away? But see, love hopes all things. Love is hoping she's going to make the right decision. Love is hoping that she's somehow captivated by the one who the Word has become living and active. He is right in front of her. He's hoping she knows nothing, but he's hoping all things. Then in a choice of one choice, her Destiny will be changed on earth. Her life today has the potential to change. Your life today has the potential to be different if you are keeping and hearing what I'm saying because the promise which hopes all things is for you because if you are of the Spirit, you are of the Father. His Father's name is Abraham and his father was who? Who was Abraham's father? I am. So when you track the lineage back, you come right back to the start. The one who gave you life is the one who gives you the promise. And the one who gives you life says, I hope all things for you. Do you hope all things for you? Because you are in me. I have high hopes, man, for you, church. Not to grovel on the earth. For I have made you to be the head, not the dog's tail. Not the back end where all the good stuff comes out, not. The good end. I've created you to keep the head. The head sees, the head hears, the head directs. This is who you've been called to be. As it is written, a father of many nations, many nations I have made you, in the presence of him whom he believed, even God. Listen to this. Even God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. So the God of the promise takes dead things and makes them alive. He takes things that don't ever look like they're ever going to be, and he makes them a possibility. Grab hold of this today. I don't know what you're going through. Grab hold of it. It may look completely dead. Grab hold of him and say, come on, are you going to resurrect this thing? He might go, no. He may go, yes. But he has the ability, do you hope all things? Or do we continually look in the physical realm and find hopelessness? You see, people who commit suicide have run out of hope. Because what they're looking at is hopeless. But we are to be a people full of hope. So when they see us, they see hope. They don't look at us and see themselves. They don't look and see vacant bodies walking around. They see full, the vacancy. There's no room here. There's no room for the flesh. There's no room for anybody else but Him. The inn is full. (laughs) The house is full. The home is full. The temple is full. But you're not just full, you're overflowing. Woo, man, what a promise. So he calls the dead things, life to dead, and calls them to being that which does not exist. Here you go, verse 18. In hope against hope, he believed, so that he might become a father, this is Abraham, of many nations, according to that which had been what? Spoken. It was spoken. Abraham had a spoken word. He had the word. He was keeping the word. He had the spoken word that he would be a father. He would have a son, and that son would come. Many nations would come through that son, correct? Can you see what the word does when you believe the word over your own circumstances? See, and hope against hope. So he's hoping not in his own hope. He's hoping in what he's heard. So he's heard the word. He's received the word. He has the promise manifesting in him. So that is what he's hoping from. So what he's looking at, the guy's a hundred. I mean, there are these blue pills today, but give it a go. (laughs) A hundred. His wife is 90. 
So he's going, how are you going to make this happen, bro? But he heard a word that was declared from the mouth of heaven into the earth. You want living water? There's a word from heaven just declared. You want living water? That's the offer. I'm a son of the Most High God. I can offer the same things as my father. You want living water? I'm an ambassador from the realm of my father. Me and him are one. He's given me authority and power to speak and to live a life on earth. You want water? Here it is. Take it. I've just spoken the word of God. Same thing. Receive it through power. Receive it because you know you have the same spirit in you. We are to be one as Christ is one. We are to manifest oneness. We are his representation. Do you understand this stuff? Who you really are. We've said this before. An ambassador of America doesn't get on the phone to Donald Trump and say, Trumpy, do I, can I have your permission to do this here in New Zealand? They know who they are. They just administer the culture of America here. It's the same thing. That's why he shows us this stuff so we know who we are. Ooh. Hope against hope. He believed. He was fully convinced. See, he didn't just go, oh, yeah, I sort of believe that, maybe, hopefully. No, that's wishful thinking. See, he believed. He received through the power a word. It entered him. He had faith. He had a knowledge God was going to do it. It's the same knowledge that enabled him to go and kill his boy. This is the same boy he was going to kill. This man was a man of faith, but he still made some mistakes, but mistakes didn't keep out of glory. Same with you. See, he had a knowledge. He had faith. He'd heard, so he acts. He goes, wow. Now listen to this. According to that which had been spoken, spoken, written, written, spoken, so shall your descendants be. That was the word that was spoken. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet, with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully assured that what God had promised, He was able also to perform. Now that's what you call confidence in God, Godfidence, confidence in God. I love what my mate Todd White says, Godfidence. That's a Godfidence. It's a confidence, not in yourself, but in what? He was confident, Godfident in the promise that God spoke. You have to be able to hear the word, not words. You have to be able to hear. The Holy Spirit has been given to the church that He would reveal the Father's word. So you have the capacity in you. Blessed are you for your eyes see. Blessed are you for your ears hear. These people called the Jews, an element, a group of people were never going to perceive, never going to hear, never going to understand, even though the word was going out all the time and Jesus came down, they were never going to get it. They were never going to get it because the Father said so. But... My people, my church, blessed are your eyes for they see, blessed are your ears for they hear. Because many wanted to know the times of the prophets speaking, the mystery of Christ in you. But in the very next breath, do you know what he says to them? Are your hearts still hard? Do you still not hear what I'm saying? Are you still living for you, trying to understand me through you? Peter, James, John, Thomas, Matthew, doesn't work like that, guys. Why do you think I had to come? 
and turn up physically. It doesn't work like that. It's a complete wrong operating system. Here is the operating system. Here is the operating system. Here is the operating system. It's called hearing, not understanding. Hearing to receiving to understanding. The world listens to understand in the mind. The spirit hears to receive in the heart. Why is it that heart still doesn't know all that God has prepared for her? Because she hasn't heard, because she hasn't seen, because her operating system is worldly. It's called the wisdom of man. Paul said, if you rest your faith, how did Abraham receive the promise? By faith. Yep, faith comes from hearing the word. Okay? If you rest your faith on the wisdom of man, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, you're not going to come into life. He said, I'm not a man of persuasive words. I am a man of knowledge. And I speak words that the mature, those of the Spirit, hear. Why? So your faith wouldn't rest on the nice articulation of words. But your faith, your knowledge of God would rest on the power of God. God's power to bring you into true knowledge, faith. You see, the flesh loves the articulation and tries to grab it all here. Your mind is not big enough to hold God. It doesn't say, I give you the spirit of your mind with this capacity in the sense of your mind. It says, I've given you unlimited capacity of spirit. And the heart is symbolic of the spirit. So that's where the capacity is to hear the word and to be filled to overflowing. Then the spirit renews the mind, which brings understanding, but it's not understanding from a flesh model. So you're not trying to come into faith through trying to understand the words and do a study and learn from the words. You learn from Christ, the Spirit. For Christ is the Spirit. God is made in Spirit, is He not? So come to me and learn from me the school of the Spirit, not the school of man. School of man is everywhere. But the Spirit sent that we would go to school of the Spirit and learn from the Spirit. Why? So we can live from the Spirit. So every promise that is in the Spirit is a yes and amen. And I receive this. So why? I have hope. Because what I'm hoping in isn't earthly. It's in the eternal. My hope is not anchored in what I look at here. It's in the unseen. And I'm believing and hoping that what I've seen in the unseen manifests here. I'll describe her to you. Close your eyes and picture this if you can. Picture a corner in a room up high. You're looking at the corner. And out of this corner is this incredible radiant light. It's like Ian described it. It's piercing. It's bright. It's full. It's so pure. It's not like you turn on a light switch. It's the, the intensity of the light is radiant, glorious, and it is radiating from this corner of the room. And you can see the center source, but it's just bursting forth. So the source is quite small. It's circular, but the light that's emanating from her is incredible, and it fills this entire place, whatever this place is that God showed me. And I'm looking at people, and I'm looking at their backs and their heads, and they are transfixed looking at the corner where the source of light is coming from. They have white suits and white gowns, but it doesn't mean male and female. They're just people. And the light, they are in these white clothes and the source of light is trans it's going through them but filling them all at the same time 
and they are just captivated and they can't take their eyes off the corner of the room where the light is coming from. And they are being filled with this radiant light. It's incredible. You can see through them, but they're full. And then words like this come to my mind, spotless, blameless, robes of righteousness, righteous acts of the saints, the called and chosen ones, the faithful ones, the ones who have done the will of the Father, who left their life and laid and gave up their life for life. They are the ones being called and called on and encouraged by Hebrews 11.40. And the ones that are already there are going, until you come in, we can't receive the fullness of life we were guaranteed because we can't be complete until you get here. So come on. Don't let sin easily entangle you. Come on. Fix your eyes on Jesus Christ who is the author and the perfecter of this people, this image. See, he is the author. He draws pictures. He wrote the book. He's written. It is spoken. It is of promises. It is of faith. But it is all seen in an unseen realm. But it can be seen by the church because we have eyes and ears to hear and see that realm. So he says, guys, I hope all things, that you would hope in me because I am your hope, which is what 1 Timothy 4.10 says. Just keep your eyes closed. I want to read you this over you. I pray it would go into you today. Father, implant this word into our hearts that it would change us in an instant. For it is for this we labor and strive because we have fixed our hope on the living God. For it is for this, this is Paul, we labor and strive according to the power. It's not human strength. He lived from God's power because we have fixed our, our, our hope on the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially the believers. Father, we pray, and I ask Jesus, Holy Spirit, that you would reveal in us the Christ more than what we currently know. That hope against hope, according to what your word says, Lord, we don't live from our circumstance or our situation, our pain, or what we're going through. Father, we keep our eyes on you because you have written and spoken. God, I pray we would take every thought captive that is not your thought, thoughts that lie, thoughts that come to rob, thoughts that come to tell us things that we're not, that remind us of our flesh, and that we, Lord, would learn how to fight and get equipped and trained in righteousness, that we would denounce those things and resist, and just stand firm, and declare your word, your sword, because we believe, because we have hope, because you are the God of hope, and you hope all things for us, and your hope is high, and as we come into you, we live. I thank you for this promise. Let me just read the final part of Romans. Therefore, it was also credited to him as righteousness, Now, not for his sake only, Abraham, was it written that it was credited to him, but for our sake also, to whom it will be credited as those who believe in him, those who are fully convinced, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He who was delivered over because of our transgressions has raised, was raised, sorry, because of our justification. Our hope is to be in Christ and the eternal purpose for us. And both are in an unseen realm. He's the one from heaven, but he wants to open our eyes for us to see him 
and his eternal purpose. Hebrews said he's a forerunner. It says this is the hope we have as an anchor for our souls, that he has gone into the holy of holies, into the innermost place, and basically fulfilled this covenant. And then he came, and he's here, and he sent the Spirit that we can go to that same place and have this hope that God will never lie to you, and he's unchangeable things. The two things that God lays it down, he doesn't lie, and he is unchangeable. And he will perform on his word to all those who believe. He will get you to where he wants to get you. He will form you into that picture. If you allow him, if you will be unanchored from the world and turn and and be anchored to Him, if He truly will become your firm foundation, not just in word, not just in verbal agreement, but in actual reality, where the substance of the foundation enters into you, and you feel the building blocks. God said to me while I was in Foxton, He said, Greg, I want to break, build, and bless. He said, I need to come and break what's been built that's not of me, not for the purpose of death. What does it finish with? Blessing. God desires so much to bless His people, to pour out His Word into people, which builds the church that Jesus builds. Not the church man builds, the church Jesus builds. So He has to come and break things that are not built of Him. You can't be blessed while the foundation is not Him. So He comes because He loves, because He hopes all things. It's for hope. So he can bring you into the fullness of life in him now in the future. So then he breaks, then he builds, and it's simultaneous. He doesn't leave you hanging. I break, I build, I bless. I am the three in one God. (laughs) So when we truly enter into his process, not our own thinking we're being broken, it's our own. When we lose our life for his sake, He will break, build, and bless. You have to know what it means to lose your life for His sake, not just do things out of your own flesh. See, the worst thing you could do now is run away and start trying to break you down. No, you have to seek God and ask Him, are there things in my life that I'm building on a wrong foundation? Do I have things in my heart that are number one when they should be number 10? Are there people Are there things, are there other passions that are in my life that really are my foundation? So you'll know because if someone touches them, you'll freak out. That's how you know. If someone comes along and pokes the stick at the thing that's not him, you'll freak out. You see, he's a firm foundation, is he not? So this is okay because he hopes all things. But you have to see, you have to allow the evidence to create the verdict, not what you think. And so he hopes all things to break. He hopes all things to build. He hopes all things to bless, that we would be a people who live on this earth that are indestructible. You can't touch me because I've got none of this earth in me. You've got nothing I want. Do you know how powerful it is? You got nothing I want. You can't sell me anything. You can't give me anything. So you can't take anything away because you got Jack that I want. You see, my treasure, where's your treasure? Where the treasure is the heart. If someone nicks your treasure, they nick your heart. Someone nicks your heart and smashes it, you break. But when your heart's not given to anything but the Lord, no one can take it. Because it's firmly locked in heaven. Been to heaven lately to try and take my heart? (sighs) You're dead, if you have, unless he sends you back. But you can't take my heart because you don't have my heart because my heart is locked in a safe in heaven. And I've given it to the one who will never leave me, never forsake me, never hurt me, never cause me pain. That would be anti-God. He says, I come to heal the brokenhearted. I come to release the captives. So I love God with all my heart. Why? Because he has my heart. Who has your heart? But he's hoping all things for you. He's believing all things. He's building a church that will love you while you break. He's building a family that you can come to and be honest with. Say, here's my true state. You know what? He loves that. He loves it when we're honest. Because you can't kid him. He's going, I've been waiting for this day a long day. 
You've only been robbing yourself of life. And I've been hoping, believing, I've been kind, I've been patient, I've been gentle, I've been long-suffering, I've been enduring, I've been bearing. I haven't held any account of wrong, of things you've said and not done. I'm God. And you can have me and your team. Because I'm the captain. Do you want me? (laughs) I love him, eh? I'm in love. I'm so in love. Life. So, Father, I thank you for life. I thank you for my amazing brothers and sisters that are here and some that aren't here today. I just thank you for them. And I thank you that you love us with a love that's so not human. It's so pure and radiant, and it continues to hope all things. So, Lord, I just pray for revelation. I pray there'd be a turning. I pray we'd let go of stuff that's binding us, thinking it's causing us life. God, I bind fear right now. I bind fear in the name of Jesus Christ. I break the power of fear of your life. I break the power of flesh to be operating in and through you. And I encourage you to seek Him and to trust. You can trust. He's not a liar and He's unchangeable. On these two promises, you can build a life in Christ. So, Father, we just want to say we love you and thankful for everything you're doing and have done. In Jesus' name, amen.